Alrighty, welcome in everybody to a special edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast, live show edition. We are recapping Auburn's 2023 signing day, and uh, I'm not going to waste any time because sitting here in the queue, we have uh, a lot more important people than, than us getting ready to uh, getting ready to talk about uh, joining Auburn's 2023 class. So, going to bring them on here, a couple offensive line signees, Clay Whedon and Braden Joyner, and then we have also got defensive back signee Sylvester Smith. Um, Christian, I'm going to, I'm going to back out of here. So we're not too crowded and I'll, I'll let you ride from here. Yeah. Uh, you know, we kind of, we're probably going to go for an hour or so and just kind of let, you know, these guys bounce in and out. We'll have some other guys. Dukes will be in here. Terrence love some of the other signees. Um, but this was kind of a good opportunity. We felt like for us to, you know, fans have been following these guys. They've been following clay and Braden and Sylvester for a while on Twitter and on social media, but this would be a good chance for them to kind of be able to, and be able to meet those guys um, and kind of get them on the show and talk for a little bit. Um, I'll just start. Let's go down the board. I'll start with I'll start with Braden first. Uh, you know, Braden was he's the loyalist of the class. He committed on January first. He's been here the whole way. Look, he was here in the dog days, man. Auburn was in like the nineties in the recruiting rankings at one point. It was it was looking rough. He's been here the whole way. He's been working his tail off to recruit others to join him. Um, and, you know, that's a big piece of Auburn's recruiting, you know, to have high schoolers that are respected in the area um, to, you know, get on and recruit. And so Braden's been a big part of that. So, Braden, I'll start with you. Just kind of how rewarding is it for you now to be able to say that you're an Auburn signee and that it's all over with? Uh, I can definitely say it's relieving, you know, just being able to go play SC at the biggest uh, at the biggest stage of all, of all college football. So, it just—I'm so blessed to be in this position. Yeah, right. When you look at 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 knowing the offensive line and how important it was to get Clay and to get Connor and to get the to have an offensive line class like that, knowing that 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 was such a big part, um, does it make you start smiling, thinking about man? First of all, the competition you're going to have, but to have those guys coming in with you in the same class, uh, it is great because you know Clay Wing is a top prospect you know we've known clay waiting since ninth ninth grade and he, he's been a four-star guy you know he's a tough guy Connor Lou, you know we play the same position you, you know but we're gonna compete every day that's my brother now so uh and then we've got other guys coming in from juco and the guys that's already there like cam Stutt, jeremiah Wright, you know those guys like that we're gonna coach thornton is one of the best to ever do it and the youngest so the youngest power five O-line coach, so he's he's young-minded like us, so he knows what's best for us and, you know, just mentality-wise and, you know, just growing up. And his grand, his grandfather, if I'm not mistaken, was for 11 years for the Buffalo Bills and his dad, you know, coach too. So he's, he's real uh, fond of the game. Yeah, speaking of Coach Thornton, Clay, I want to go to you. Um, you, know, you officially visit uh, two weekends ago or whatever it was, um, I'm losing track of the days. I'm losing my mind slowly. Um, but, Clay, just kind of what was your impression of him and kind of, you know, you had said when you committed it didn't matter what happened in terms of coaching. You know, you were locked in all the way with Auburn. Um, right. But just kind of, you know, how much more reassuring, I guess I should say, was it for you when you got to meet uh, Coach Thornton? And, you know, you already knew Coach Bernardi and Kendall Simmons and Steve Wallace right. Jr., all those guys. But when you finally got to meet meet Coach Thornton, kind of how much more reassuring was that for you that, you know, Auburn is the place I want to be. 
Right. So like you were saying, I was really already um, fully committed into Auburn when uh, I didn't know who the coaches were going to be. But now seeing that Coach Thornton will be leading the way with the offensive line, I'm really impressed with it. I knew him a little bit at Ole Miss. But getting to see him again in person at Auburn back in my uh, second OV, that was really good. Um, some of the development I'm really impressed with by him is that he can develop offensive linemen at a relatively quick rate. So back at Ole Miss this year, he had two redshirt freshmen All-American tackles, as well as I believe a second-team All-Conference guard, Nick Broker. Um, so he can definitely develop his guys. They had two years, two straight years of rushing, um, um, of leading the rushing in the SEC, I believe. So love seeing them run that ball. And I feel like it'll be a great fit for for me and the rest of the offensive line signees. And I'm uh, re- excited to get ready to roll with them. Sylvester, let's bring you in. Uh, and you're committed to Tennessee, but but you 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 know you you've looked at Auburn a long time, and I know that you're kind of kind of waiting on you know these guys and, and this new staff, and obviously Coach Zach and, and those guys. They they came back in a major priority late. What was that like for you, and and how quickly did you know that it was going to be Auburn then? Uh, can you repeat that? They had went out. Yeah, just uh, you 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 looked at Auburn early, committed to Tennessee, but then when when Coach Freeze came in, they came back in on you hard. How, first, what was that like for you, and 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 how quickly did you know that Auburn was going to be the spot for you once that happened? Um, you know, I grew up an uh, Auburn fan, uh, you know, Auburn being close to where I'm from. And uh, Auburn, I mean, it was it was pretty much a no-brainer. You know, getting a coach like Hugh, Coach Hugh Freeze and putting a staff together like he did, it's pretty much a no-brainer. So when they hired Coach Hugh Freeze, I mean, I knew it was a matter of days before it happened. Yeah, hey, Braden, you, you, you and Sylvester are probably familiar with each other a little bit. Uh, you, we know what, what do you know – What tip? Tell people about his game and, and what kind of guy he's getting because you, you probably watched him play about as much as anybody has over the years. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Sylvester is a hard-nosed DB. He's going to come down and kill you. He's just a great athlete overall. You see he had, I think, 38 touchdowns this year. Am I, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, Sylvester, you can correct me. But, uh, yeah, he's a freak athlete. You know, plays quarterback, DB, running back. He can play all over. He's just a guy you need on the field at all times. He's he's a hard hitter. If you ever go watch his highlights, especially sophomore year, first play. Oh my God, that boy coming down here. Hey, Braden, we're gonna we're gonna rotate you out of here. We really appreciate you uh, you hopping on today, and, and congratulations on today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Braden. Right, we're gonna we're gonna pop out, Braden. Uh, Clay, I guess I guess one more for you. You know, this is this is such a this is such a you know this is something for Hugh Freeze where he's now returning to the SEC after. Um, you know, seven or eight years, I believe, since since his past success at Ole Miss. He's talked over the past, you know, few weeks since he got on the job about, you know, making that ground up toward toward Georgia and Alabama and you know, him him sort of recognizing and saying, look, we know where we need to go. Um, but you know, how 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 big is this class and how much pride do you guys take as this 2023 class saying, hey, we're the ones who are gonna get this, you know, get the baseline of talent going and, and start to make up ground there and return to the top of the SEC. Right. I take a lot of pride in that. Um, even in high school, when I came to the school I'm originally at, Carrollwood Day, we went from a team the prior year, we didn't win a single game. There was 0-10 to going 10-1 and this year, or excuse me, 10-3. and 10-1 um, in the um, playoffs included, but 
just developing that team and that culture is something that I'm big into. So getting to do that at the next level at Auburn at the best conference in college football is something I'm really looking forward to and I'm going to have a lot of pride in. And I want to develop and contribute to that team and um, just give them all I have. Clay, thanks so much, man. We know you've had a uh, – we are talking before we started. You got up pretty early to, to knock it out today. So we know you've had a long day. Go get some rest, and, uh, and congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good one. Sylvester, man, uh, for you, you, you mentioned kind of growing up Auburn. Um, watching, you know, I guess Cadillac is from pretty close to, to your area. Having, having him and, and Zach Etheridge kind of bridge the gap a little bit and and be part of this new staff how important is that for you when you look at at kind of Auburn football because of your familiarity with those guys especially um you know it's kind of the, uh, the same way as it is at any other school with having coaches and playing in the same area as uh the players are coming from you know actually uh Cadillac one of my best friends uh dad blocked for Cadillac in high school so you know <laughs> he just um known the coaches who who've been here and um play in-state, just knowing how the players are getting. And, uh, you know, it just comes down to, like, in, in close games, knowing that you can trust a guy who's from who's from the South and played in Alabama and, and just knows how to uh, play football. So that was important, especially uh, knowing that Coach uh, Etheridge and Cadillac's background, know that they have been there and been in the positions that I have been in. And they just know what it takes to develop someone to get me to the next level. Yeah, Sylvester, um... So I'm from the Atlanta area, and um, I know you do a lot in seven on seven. So uh, I heard that you uh, played against T Love before. I don't know if you played with or against. I played with him for the most. Yeah, played with him, right? Okay, cool. And uh, TJ Heath, uh, my trainer. Right, right. So as far as the influence that you get is from TJ and uh, playing with Terrence, what do you think some of those things that you guys have learned as playing together in seven on seven and having some of the same training? will help you guys as you go on to uh, play at Auburn? Uh, you know, having a trainer like TJ, uh, <laughs> TJ is like a hard-nosed trainer. So, you know, um, having a, another guy beside me who's playing the same position, you know, when you're uh, both splitting up the side of the field, one of you playing on the other side and others playing on the other side, just knowing that you can trust that guy beside you because, I mean, you both don't take the same steps or preparation and uh, been in uh, grinding and uh, being together and training together. It's just chemistry. It comes down to chemistry, too. So just uh, having a guy beside you that, you know, uh, has taken the same steps as you and you can trust him. I mean, that's that's big. I think that's what every team needs. Absolutely, man. Great answer. Sylvester, I'll just kind of ask you last one, and then we'll let you get out of here. Kind of what's your message to the Auburn fans? Um, message to Auburn fans, you know, uh, it took a long time, but I'm finally home and I'm ready uh, to get down there, meet the team, and get, and get to playing. Get the price in the plan. Let's uh, change. We're gonna change this thing around. Yes, sir. Congratulations again, Sylvester. Uh, happy to have you. Looking forward to you know we've covered you a little bit in high school. Looking forward to covering you now at Auburn. Um, you know, with that, we'll pivot to uh, Colton Hood. He's on the show, the uh, Auburn Undercover Podcast legend. Already came on the podcast, <laughs> and you know he had. Like Colton went through the ringer on that podcast where we we were about thirty minutes delayed, um, and then it ended up being a launch show. It was a great show though. Um, and so I felt really bad. I was like, Colton, if you want to hop on the live show, you can, but you've already done more than enough. And Colton instantly jumped on it. He said, yeah, man, I'll hop on. Um, so Colton is, I love all the signees. I've loved covering all of them. Colton has made his way probably to the top of the power rankings of one of my favorite <laughs> signees because Colton, Colton's always been there for us. Um, 
Colton, I'll just kind of ask you, this is a moment you've kind of been dreaming about your whole life. You know, you're an Auburn legacy for those that don't know. Um, pretty much your whole family played there, your dad, uh, your uncle, your brother, your cousin. Everyone's played at Auburn. Now it's your chance. How excited are you that you, you know, you're officially a signee and you know, the recruitment process is over? Yeah, um, I woke up this morning. I was itching, you know, just uh, just waiting to sign those papers. And, you know, being able to sign it and turn it in, it just, it just felt great. It was a great thing, you know. Um, my family was proud of me. My family was there again for them. Them getting to see me do that. My little brother is getting to see me do that, and it's just a great feeling. Colton, we hear a lot about not just from the DB room, not just from guys who are being recruited as DBs, about the job Zach Etheridge has done. I mean, every position group on the on the roster, um, you know, it seems like he he is one of one of, if not the MVP in terms of recruiting, um, for this class. Just just talk about what makes him such an effective recruiter and and how you kind of bonded with him and what you've seen, the way he sort of interacts with people, sort of interacts with the other recruits um, that you think has has made him so effective for Auburn right now. Uh, I would say consistency. Um, a lot of coaches, you know, they recruit, but they don't recruit as hard and as consistent as Coach Etheridge. I think Coach Etheridge is one of the best, if not the best recruiter in the nation. And, you know, just giving this being given this opportunity to go play for him, is just um, who is as he is um, Auburn alum. Um, it's just surreal, you know. Colton, we uh, we just talked to Sylvester, a guy that grew up an Auburn fan. Um, you just talked about kind of all, all your family members that played, and and talked about Zach, and we talked about Cadillac. How important is it, do you think, to have guys that that have that in them that that you know Auburn history? that, you know, kind of kind of feel it and believe how, – how big of a deal do you think that is to have some of those guys in a class? I think – I believe that when people have that um, that type of want to play for somebody instead of, like, it just being a new thing for them going into recruitment, I feel like it gives them an extra drive, an extra push because that's what they all – they've always seen themselves doing instead of um, just going to a school that doesn't um, – that hasn't that hasn't been their dream for so long. Just now coming up on them, I think it just gives them an extra boost as they go on. So, hey, Colton, um, I was going to ask you at what moment. So we can talk. Let's talk about the Penn State game. Okay, Penn State game. Uh, your uncle's there. Uh, you're there. Wasn't a pretty game. All right. So I ask you about what's going on. You're like, oh, I don't know, Dukes. <laughs> and uh, from that time to the time that you knew that you wanted to be a part of Auburn's and what they're building, a, a part of Auburn University and what they're building. What was the exact moment that changed your mind and you said, you know what, I got to be an Auburn Tiger? Uh, I believe it was probably when Coach Ethers came to one of my games. You know, um, this film let me know that I was a priority for Auburn. And – then when I just like thought about the chance playing at Auburn, which was my dream school, it was like, man, I gotta go to Auburn. So, you know, that's probably what it was. Absolutely. Colton, thanks so much for hopping on today, man. Like you, uh, like Christian said, you're a you're a podcast legend around here. You're uh, you're welcome <laughs> back on here. And, and you can you can host you can host one <laughs> week if you want. We'll uh, I'll I'll walk you through it. But uh, congratulations on a on a special day for you you and your fam, and uh, appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Colton. Appreciate it. 
All right, guys. Well, we'll take a little uh, take a little intermission here and uh, catch your breath. How's everybody doing? It's the first time we <laughs> that, that, that was good. That, that, that was good. Um, I think before we get into anything, Jason should tell his story of how his day has gone because it's been chaotic <laughs> for everybody, but uh, no one has had probably a more chaotic day than Jason. Yeah, it, uh, it's been been a long day. I think I figured out probably 400, 450 miles or so um, from my day. But, um, you know, just started out heading to, to Thompson High School, going to, to, you know, watch Tony Mitchell, a guy that I talked to a couple of days ago and had already given me some some quotes and some stuff about um, about committing to Auburn uh, and doing those things. And so, um, but obviously uh, didn't end up happening. And so I dro- drove up to, Thompson, um, Alabaster, and then passed right on by and went and uh, stopped at Bojangles, got something to eat, and drove to <laughs> drove, drove to Highland Home all the way back down below Montgomery. So I made a, I made a, uh, I don't know, octagon, whatever shape it is, uh, but it was a pretty big one today. So uh, Jason, I have a very present question for you, yes. Jason. Yes. What do you get? Did you get a Bojangles? No, no, no. They have a pork chop griller. Oh, good choice. I knew you would. I, I knew feel, you would. I don't feel nearly as bad about eating that as I would if it was something fried, even though it doesn't matter. It probably has the same amount of calories in it, but I feel like if it's grilled, it's better. So it's better for me. So pork chop griller it was. Uh, pretty good, but gave me a chance to to regroup uh, <laughs> while I was on somewhere in the middle of, I don't know, I think I was in Jemison, somewhere about back off 65. So gave me a chance to regroup and uh, and get, get headed towards Highland Home and got there time to uh to talk to you know, obviously the the you know there was some big news for Auburn today but but I, I don't think there's any question that we have to start at at Keldrick Falk uh, because that's you know offensive line defensive line have been the biggest needs for these for this team coming off of last season. They had done a good job of shoring up the offensive line to this point, but they needed that kind of almost like linchpin and you know the junior college edition yesterday was a pretty good one. But Keldrick Falk's a guy that that especially because he was committed to Florida State, he's an in-state guy, the top 100 prospect. That one was the one that they really needed today, and it it came at an opportune time for him. Yeah, Jason. Well, I'm glad you brought up Keldrick because he actually just texted me back about 10 minutes ago, and he's going to hop on the show here shortly. Right. So we're going to have kind of the man. I don't. I don't even, he he. You know, he was the headliner. Kay and Lee was huge as well. It was a pretty big day for Auburn. Uh, but Keldrick Falk was definitely the eye catcher. You know, it was one that we, you know, we went live last night. We still didn't really have a good idea. The longer it went on with him not informing Florida State staff that, you know, he was planning to still, you know, sign with Florida State, the more we felt a little more confident Auburn had a chance. But, you know, it was, it was one that it was, it was tough to follow. You look back to July, there were no crystal ball predictions for him. Uh, You know, Florida State was trending a little bit, but no one was confident enough to put in a pick for him. Um, And, you know, the same, same case here in December. No one puts in a prediction for him to flip to Auburn. Um, it's kind of a feel that it might happen, but you know, leading up to 11 o'clock, we really, really still didn't have an exact idea. Um, and, you know, that was that was the big one for Auburn staff. I tweeted out the picture um, of them celebrating it. Jeremy Garrett was fired up in the background. I saw him today at the football facility before uh, before Hugh Freeze's press conference. He gave me a big old bear hug and told, he said, I told you, got a surprise for you. Um, and so... Now, that was a huge one. Look, credit to Zach Etheridge there as well. You know, he he kept Auburn in it. Um, and, you know, Jason had mentioned it earlier, talking with some of the signees. 
Zach Etheridge kept Auburn in it with yeah. Keldrick Falk, and then it was up to it was up to Hugh Freeze, it was up to Jeremy Garrett, it was up to Ron Roberts, it was up to this new defensive staff to be able to you know sell the vision and you know sell Keldrick on Auburn, and ultimately they do that. Um, so you know that was that was the huge pickup. Um, we'll have him on the show here shortly. Terrence Love should be joining the show uh, at some point as well. Uh, you know, we'll guys. I think maybe if you want to, while we're waiting for Keldrick, we can just hop into some of the other big news um, of the day as well. Um, let's focus on Kay and Lee next. I think that was, I don't even want to say second biggest. That one was a huge one as well. You flip a top two, four, seven cornerback from Ohio state. This one has gone back and forth a little bit um, in the recruiting process over the past couple of weeks. You know, Auburn picks up a little bit of momentum. He officially visits Auburn. It's like, okay, a flip could happen. It could happen here pretty soon. Doesn't happen. Ohio state gains some momentum back. It's like, okay, well, you know, it was fun while it lasted. Um, but Auburn and Zach Etheridge uh, remain vigilant here. They And they end up pulling it off at the end. They get the momentum there at the end, and they flip him. Um, really aggressive cornerback for his size. He's, I think he's listed at 5'11 or 6 foot, something like that. Plays really, really physical as a corner. He, he You know, if you get hit by him, you're going to know it. Um, watching Sear Grove in that state title game where they just got absolutely cheated, um, he, he had some great plays. So Dukes, I want to ask you a little bit about Kayan as a player, uh, you know, Kayan as a kid, just kind of what Auburn is getting in him um, in terms of, you know, the secondary addition there. Yeah. Kayan Lee is a, is a kid from Atlanta who's been all over Atlanta at certain parts of his life. Uh, he's been on the South side, uh, North Henry, uh, South Atlanta. He, uh, where he first went to school before he got to Cedar Grove, He's been all over Atlanta. He's well-respected, not just because of his football acumen, but really just because of who he is as a person. He's a really quiet leader. He could be uh, – if he wanted to be more cocky, he could, but he doesn't really, like, carry himself that way. Um, what I, On the football field, Pac-Man Jones, in my opinion. Uh, from, and, and I say on the field, like, like when I look at – can versus how pac-man was when we were growing up same player uh really aggressive can cover and uh, and, and what people don't realize is a lot of times if you're a, a cover corner there's a, a stigma that goes along with that that's saying that you don't want to hit and if you're a cornerback that can hit there's also a stigma that says he can't cover he blurs those lines so well and it's a good thing you don't know if he like if, if you want to drop him in cover three, you can. He can he can t- take you over the top. If you need him to carry a guy, uh, if you need him to jump into the nickel and carry a running back to the uh, perimeter or the field side, he can do that as well. I think it was a really good pickup, and, and also just really showing how great of a recruiter Zach Etheridge is. Um, he wasn't in it in June, nowhere near July zero. Uh, he really, really just like stayed the course and uh he ended up with one of the biggest fishes uh one of the biggest fish excuse me no marvin sees one of the biggest fish that you can catch in this <laughs> one of the biggest fish that you can catch in this in in this class and uh, i think it, all it does is help set the tone as far as for auburn going forward not just in atlanta but as far as in the southeast as a whole Hey, uh, malcolm brought it up in our youtube comments here anytime you can get the head coach of a playoff team complaining about something in his signing day press conference you're doing you're doing something right like like ryan day did well, what what did he do 
You didn't see it. I mean, I don't know who else flipped from Ohio State, uh, but he he said that uh, he said, you know, the days the days when uh, and Ryan Day is a great coach that the days, you know, there used to be a time when a guy was committed to a school, other schools stopped recruiting him. I guess we're not. I guess we're not doing that anymore. I'm like, dude, and, I, and somebody tweeted, said, "This is oh, this isn't yeah. baseball." I don't know. It, that day didn't happen before he was born. It, it may have happened then. It ain't happened since he's been born. Not in football. Somebody said, "Somebody said, man, wait till this guy hears about the transfer portal and NIL in <laughs> ten years from now. He'll be yeah, no, he'll no, be that, that hasn't it hasn't been that way in football in a long time. Uh, what? But yeah, but it's not not to be outdone by Dabo Sweeney. Certainly won the day with the. Certainly won the day with the best signing day press conference quote, uh, maybe of all time. But uh, uh, you, you bring up a good point there, Duke's talking about Etheridge, and that's that's what Colton Hood was saying too. And Hugh Freeze brought it up today. the The effort by everyone on this staff, including people who are not here anymore, and I thought it was I thought it was uh, you know pretty important for him to to single single out a guy like C Rob in his press conference when he's no longer your linebackers coach. And then 120 seconds later, he tells you who the new linebackers coach is. So that's something me and Christian were talking about earlier today in a, in a video about Keldrick Falk was, you know, from, from those guys down to the analyst, you know, we, we were catching up with Joe Bernardi afterward down to the analyst. He was telling us about how crazy his past month and a half has been. Those guys who were promoted on the field had to go out and recruit the guys who have been pinch hitting and recruiting here for the past couple of weeks all the way down to the people who, you know, don't get their names out there as much, you know, the, the support staffers who, who work, you know, the, the event organizers. It, this really was, and I, I thought you put it in a good way, Christian, earlier, this really was a group effort to to get this group back into the top 20 because it, that's certainly where they need to be moving forward, and they had a long way to go. Like you mentioned, they when Brian Harson was canned, they were they were around the 60s. So um, there are a lot of people that, that I think they'll deserve a lot of credit. Starts with guys like Zach Etheridge. Starts with guys like Cadillac Williams, but but I thought it was good for for Hugh Freeze to point out that it's you know it's from the top down, and some of those people aren't even here anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't forget about the guys that worked during the interim. Most of those guys knew that they were not going to be here anymore. Will Friend, Ike Hilliard, Rock Bellantoni, Jimmy Brumbaugh, all of those guys kept working. Um, you know, when Brian Harson was fired, all those guys kept putting in work, keeping Auburn involved. And then you want to talk about off the field guys, Stephen Ruzik. Sam Beckenstein, Brent Bedsole, you know, the, the recruiting girls, uh, Katie, uh, Bianca, Kendall, Zaria, Natasha, all of those people. There's so many. The analysts, Joe Bernardi, Kendall Simmons. Uh, I'm losing my mind. I'm really tired. All of those people, they have been putting in so much work for Auburn. These recruiting weekends, especially close to signing day, are absolute chaos. This weekend, there were so many visitors you know, the transfer visitors are even more difficult to deal with because they have a lot of stuff going on and you know, they might take a one-day official visit and they're out of here quickly. There's so much planning that goes on. There's so much that these people have to do. And, you know, a lot of these people haven't even been guaranteed jobs on Hugh Freeze's staff that are still here, that are still working, um, and you're still working for Hugh Freeze and Auburn and doing everything they can. And well, Auburn ends up signing the top 20 class because of it. So you have to give you have to give a lot of credit to the guys that worked under the interim staff. You know, Christian Robinson worked right up until the buzzer. He finished up an in-home visit, um, and then he was. You know, the news came out that he was being let go. Um, and th- those guys, those guys did it for Auburn. Um, and you cannot discredit any of those guys. You need to give them so much credit for this class because they kept Auburn in it. They kept Auburn in the fight. And you know, then it was up to Hugh Freeze and the new staff that he was putting together to close the deal and they ultimately do that, but that doesn't happen without all of those guys and all of those people behind the scenes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to make a point about uh, Hugh Freeze and uh, Christian Robinson. <clears throat> With uh, Hugh Freeze, when he came to the realization of who his linebackers coach would have been, he could have very easily have kept, really easily kept Christian Robinson on past signing day and then letting him go and making sure that you, like, you know, the coach is going to be here, you get the kid signed, and then or whoever it, Christian Robinson was recruiting. Like you said, he had just done an in-home visit. He didn't. He gave him the respect, you know, uh, and, and when he realized who his guy was, uh, you know, he, he made that decision then. I thought that was a really classy move because he didn't put the recruit in front of uh, of what was right. And, uh, you know, Christian Robinson will land on his feet. But I think that uh, there, are, there, there are some coaches in college football that would have said, you know, we're going to keep you till signing day and then let you go because I know who my guy is just so I can get some linebackers in. And uh, Auburn is real. It was 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 willing to let the guy go and uh, let him be able to get on land on his feet. So I thought that was really huge by Hugh Freeze, and uh, I respect that. Yeah, uh, let's pivot back to signing day a little bit. Talk about you know some of the other guys that Auburn brings in. Um, in terms of you know the commits that end up signing, there's no surprises. Uh, everybody that we expected to sign does sign. Jeremiah Cobb waits until February, as we've been reporting for several weeks now. Um, he's going to sign with his teammates over there at Montgomery Catholic in February. They're going to do it all at once. We have zero reason to be concerned there, um, and Auburn's not concerned either. He'll be in the class come whenever the February signing day is. Yep, there you go. There's the question. Um, so, you know, Cobb, he'll be good to go in February. Um, he was never going to be an early enrollee anyway. So, you know, for Auburn, it's a successful day. You kind of already had lost some of your commitments, um, you know, when the coaching change happened, you had some of your mutual parting of ways and you know, commits moving elsewhere. Uh, Adam Hopkins goes to Colorado. Um, Ashley Williams is still searching for a spot. I think Jamarian Harkless signed with Purdue, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, but outside of that, did Ashley Williams go to Arizona State today? I don't know if he did. He got offered yesterday by them. Yeah, I think he signed. He signed. He did. Yeah. Okay, good for him. He was always exactly every recruit that we've dealt with has been. You know, they've been great. Uh, Eric actually brings up a good point in the comments. Transfer tight end. He did not sign today. Uh, at least Auburn hasn't announced it yet. Yeah. Um, the but, transfer guys are different. Yeah. They don't technically have to sign if they don't want to. Nobody nobody really has to sign if they don't want to. Um, and so that he could sign and send it in in a couple of days if he want to. Um, but he could just show up and go to class. Uh, he committed. didn't seem like anything was, was untoward there. But, yeah, he, those guys have a – they just have a different you know, set of rules they can sign if they want to. I don't think they really have to. So, Yeah, uh, no real concern there. The Vanderbilt transfer, Elijah McAllister, does sign today. Um, you know, I want to touch on the signees, and we'll do a little bit of an exercise. I'm going to do my signing day superlatives probably tomorrow, um, but I want to go around the board. It's tough. I'm going to have – we're going to start with immediate impact player, Pick one guy. There's, I, I personally, I think there's a lot of freshmen that can step in and play right away. It's okay if we have, you know, if we have some overlap here, but I want to go around the board and pick one guy that you think will, uh, you know, be able to make an impact right away next year. Um, Jason, I'll start with you. Kind of, who would be your pick? Yeah, um, Quintrell, Jamison, Travis. That's my guy. I think he's a guy that that's going to play right away on the defensive line. Wouldn't be shocked if he is a starter. And one of those, this this defense, defense is going to look a little different in the way it's set up. Um, we're used to Auburn having two really two defensive linemen for the most part, a couple outside guys, 
couple linebackers. This is going to have – this is going to look like more Georgia and Alabama, where it's going to be really three big bodies. You're going to have kind of a nose. And I, I would think Jason Jones would, would – would, this is going to be a, a more of a home for him. Think about what big Jordan Davis did at Georgia, where you have a guy that's going to eat up some space in the middle. And then you have Marcus Harris. I think Quintrell on the other side gives you two bodies, but guys that can get upfield, make plays, and the Jeffrey Emba right there with him, same t- body tight kind of guy. I, I think it, you look at what they do, and it gives you some options. So that that's my pick. I think I watched him in a junior college national championship game. I think he's an explosive player. Um, I think Auburn got a, a really good, really good get up in, in him. And I, I wanted to say, like, kind of. This this really reminds me of, and Jason probably can attest to this. I know uh, Nate and Christian, you guys are luckily young and uh, good looking still. But uh, do you remember when Tuberville brought in all those JUCO guys like in 0201? Hey, out and more Javor Mills. Man, come on, man. Two, that, two, two of my guy, my guys. That that they had to have immediate help. Out and more. It, Took it the second year. Javor Mills was the guy though that made an immediate impact, right? And athletic, long guys. Yes, I, absolutely. And I think see, Alton Moore is what I think about when I look at Elijah McAllister. Mm. Alton Moore was the guy that I, every time you looked at him, well, both those guys, I went, they, they both looked like they were power forwards in basketball, right? Um, you you could have a home for those guys on the field now. Yes, yeah, so I, no, absolutely. Um, it's 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 pretty good example to think about what they did in bridging the gap because that was, I, I told, I think I told Christian one time before the only roster that compared to me when I thought about the end of the year last year to this roster, the only roster that I, that I thought compared was the 99 roster that Tuberville took over year one. Right. And, right. and they had, to, they got Rudy Johnson. They brought in out more Javor Mills, Daniel Cobb, a quarterback, and they got some of those older guys to help them bridge the gap to the newcomers. And this class is – you got some of the guys that can do the same thing. Yeah, we're on the same page. I was thinking the exact same thing. All right. Is T-Love is here? Yeah, I'm here. Jason, I'll let you intro because I need to go off the camera just for one second here. You're Hold good. On. T-Love, man, we uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we've, we've been around you so, uh, so much in the last uh, year or two that uh, – we, it seems like we've seen you grow up. Dukes has seen you probably more than anybody, but we've seen you a bunch. Just to, to be able to get this day done and to 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 get it over with, to to finally put pen to paper. How much how much fun was that for you? It was amazing. Like it was just like a, a big sign of relief. Like all the way up to to like today this morning. Like everything, I'm just my mind just going going going. And then when I signed the papers, it was just like a sign of relief. Yeah, T Love. You know, we've seen you play a lot. I just had to take off the hoodie, get the Langston Hughes shirt on. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's very put on Langston Hughes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, where you get a Langston shirt from? I found it somewhere online. Jason and I got some. Yeah, shirts. we got, we've got, we've got some Langston Hughes shirts. Sure do. Yeah, because we, you know, we were there in the summer. We were there for practice. Well, we I think I went had to, to support all the way through. Yeah, I think I went to three different games really? of y'all's this fall. Um, so I'm Langston Hughes all the way be back there next year with air jojo all those guys um but you know, t love dukes i'll let you i'll i didn't even hear what jason asked him so dukes i'll go to you to, to ask the next question um and then i'll hop in but all right t um so all right 
ever since you kind of popped on the scene in Atlanta as being one of the premier football players, you played basically everything. Quarterback, linebacker, safety, DN if you want to, wide receiver. You got offers at probably three positions, right? So if Auburn were to ask you to drop down in the box and play some linebacker, what would you say? I won't have no problem with it. Whatever whatever gonna get us to a national championship. Whatever gonna get us to a net. How big was it to win the state championship finally? Like last year, the heartbreak at Langston, the whole South Side was was crying last year. We was upset. Like, yeah, you know, you know, my 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 age group was a little bit like, man, come on, that was our shot. And, and if you know, like the community got behind you guys, like even more than Creekside 2014, for some reason, Langston this year was really big in the community. How did it feel to go to bring that championship back to the South Side? felt good like real good like we put in so much work doing throughout the summer like we didn't want that same feeling we got last year so we just came in with a different mindset like we had to like we had no choice but to win the state championship this year yeah t love i want to ask you you were looking at the signees today i think you were auburn's second commit um in terms of the signees look you were there for the dog days um auburn was in the 90s in the recruiting it was looking real slow uh it was not exactly enjoyable to cover. And I'm sure, you know, for you, you had some questions there. You were probably concerned about your future a little bit. You know, now flash forward to December 21st and Auburn has a top 20 class. I mean, just kind of how excited are you about things turning around and kind of, you know, the future at Auburn under Hugh Freeze? I mean, I'm really excited. Hugh Freeze has done a great job with, with just like within this time he's been here, he's done a great job with recruiting players. Like he's like pretty much hands-on with it. Like he, he's done a great job. With recruiting more players, because like at the beginning, like I, I was always an Auburn guy, because like outside of football, I just love the area, love the environment, love like everybody around that surrounds Auburn. But when Hugh Freeze got in there, he just turned things around quick. A lot of people want to come play for him. T Love, they've got uh, Crime Dog McGriff now back. He's he's this is now his third stint. At Auburn, he told us the other day he still got same house, so he's just going to be moving right back on in. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about getting to know him, what kind of what kind of guy he is, and what kind of coach he is. Tell you the truth, Coach McGriff, like I haven't been knowing him for that long. That's my favorite coach right now. That's my favorite coach. <laughs> I can believe like, that. <laughs> like that man is so funny. Like I talked to him, we were talking about the sign and all that. Like I was joking him, like I can be myself around Coach McGriff, like we. When I took took my last official visit there, like we literally talked, joke, talked ball, like we literally like had a good time, joke with my family, all type of stuff. Like it was, it wasn't just, oh, he's just gonna be my coach feeling. It was a like I could go there and my parents are comfortable with me being there in Coach McGriff's hands. T Love, the the end of the year after Coach Harson gets fired. To see the fans respond and, and rally around Cadillac, to see the team respond, what did that show you and how important was that for you to see that happen late in the year? That pretty much showed me that Arvin is a family. What, what, whatever's going on, whatever the circumstances are, it shows that Arvin is a family and they come together as one Whatever with whatever's going on. So I pretty much I love that aspect of it from when Cadillac had to take over things, like everything didn't just go downhill. It kind of picked up from there. T Love, Christian mentioned this, but you know, it, it there was a there was a moment when it seemed like this this was going to be a class that um, you know, maybe finished on on the lower end of the SEC, didn't necessarily have a lot of star power, but you guys really rallied. You know, you were somebody who stuck in there 
Um, you had a couple more guys who really who really stuck with it, and like like you were just talking about, stayed with that Auburn family. Um, you know, a, as Hugh Freeze is trying to is trying to bring Auburn back to the top of the SEC, trying to trying to be you know up there with the Georgias and up there with the Alabamas. How much pride do you guys in this 2023 class take in saying we're going to be the ones who are going to put them back on that on that right path? Uh, my thing is, I just all the guys that, that I've been recruiting, all the guys like I've been looking at, telling them like how how great of a place Auburn is. And all the people who are already committed there, they see how Arvin is. So the guys coming in, we got we got to come in with a chip on our shoulder, knowing we're, we're the class that's going to change things around. All right, T. Right now, Langston Hughes has Aaron Nolan, who Auburn is on heavily. Uh, Joseph Stone, JoJo Stone, who's an LSU commit to Auburn, is also on heavily. And Dontrell Glover and, and some more guys. You got Amir. There are a lot of guys on Langston Hughes, right? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do in order to try to get those guys to come play with you versus what Bo Hughley might do to get guys to go to Georgia, Jelani Thurman might do to get guys to go to Ohio State, or uh, Josh may do, Josh Horton may do to get guys to go to Miami? What are you going to tell them about Auburn that you think will sell Auburn? Um, I would say that that family bond that Auburn Auburn has, like, when it when I when I when I'm there, they're gonna be coming up, actually be coming to the games and coming up there a lot more. So when they're there, they're gonna they, I'm just gonna like take them around and stuff. They're gonna see how much of a family bonding and like the environment there. This isn't no other like different than no other school. Like no other school is the same as Auburn. T Love, thanks so much for for joining us today. Congratulations on a on a big day for you and your family. Thank you. Thanks, T Love. Appreciate it. No problem. All right. Was that guest number six, seven? It, it's getting up there. Yeah, we've had a lot. Uh, we're still expecting, you know, Keldrick Falk is still going to hop on at some point. Uh, you know, th- that was great. T-Love has been, you know, right there with Braden Joyner. Braden Joyner committed in January. I think Auburn went all the way, if I'm remembering correctly, until April without getting another yeah, commitment. It was and a that, while, yes. Yeah, and that was T-Love. And so those two are those two are the OGs of the class. Those two have stuck through a lot. Obviously, a coaching change. But not even that. I mean, just think about how many schools have probably hit those guys up. Jamie and Sherwood is actually a great comparison. Uh, uh, love, and I haven't thought really of that. That's a really good comp. I, and, good. I, and I was thinking about what Deeks was talking about earlier. The the question of, of where he winds up. And remember, Jamie was a guy that that ends up playing safety at Auburn. And, they, and the NFL goes, hey, we want you to play linebacker. And, and yeah. probably should have been. T-Love could, could be that guy, too, when you think about him. Because, honestly, you, you watch him run around and you look at him and you go, I don't really know how big he is because he looks like a linebacker, but he's really light on his feet and can run. I mean, he's a guy that could easily play at, at 225 and be an outside linebacker. I'll tell you what Deeks mentioned earlier. I'll tell you what it could be. He could be a he could be an, a, a star linebacker that could be a pass rusher and, and drop and do some different things. He's intriguing, and I, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I was actually just recording uh, the Auburn Undercover podcast with Painter and with Adam Cole. Um, and Adam – Christian, that is him. not the name of that podcast. You got to stop doing this. The Auburn Observer <laughs> podcast. We're on the Auburn Undercover podcast. Um, but he compared him to Derwin James. Um, you know, I'm a Chargers fan, so I know Derwin pretty well. Um, just a guy that plays all around the field. I mean, Derwin James lines up as an edge rusher. Um, T-Love is going to be the ultimate, you know, fun tool for Ron Roberts to be able to use on defense um, you know, going on in the future. Um, and, you know, like I was saying, with T-Love and with Braden Joyner, those guys who committed early – Think about how many schools hit them up, negatively recruiting Auburn, 
trying to get them to flip. Think about how loyal these kids have been. I mean, they were in a class that was ranked in the 90s. They were in a class where they knew the coach that they committed to wasn't going to be here anymore, the head coach at least. You know, they stuck through it the whole way. So it was great to get those kids on, um, you know, them being able to talk on their big day and sign in. Um, you know, those are uh, Braden Joyner, offensive lineman. You need those guys. And T-Love, uh, really fun piece, like we just talked about at safety, um, that's you know, going to be able to make a pretty big impact wherever it ends up being on the field. Uh, I want to go back to kind of the question, unless you guys have anything more. I want to go back to the question. Yeah, I wanted to, I want to touch on something real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I talked to last week your guy, JT Woods, Christian, with the Chargers. Um, yeah. Also talked to Terrell Bernard, who's with the Bills. Both of those guys were drafted off of Ron Roberts' 2021 Baylor defense, which finished – Top 10 SP plus, top 10 in a lot of categories, really nasty run defense. Um, and both of those guys, both of those guys just hit on, you know, me asking, I was asking about, you know, what are the pillars of Ron Roberts's defense? You know, just, just if you're, if I'm a freshman, if I'm a new guy, you know, if you're just wanting to describe his defense, tell me about it. Um, they talked about the star position a lot and the versatility of a guy who can come down and play that slot. And that's why I think somebody like Keontae Scott might be a big year for him coming up. I think maybe his utility will be increased a little bit, but me personally, I don't, I don't know these guys in this class in terms of an evaluation standpoint as much as you do. But I look at a guy like a T love. I look at a guy like a JC Hart. That's somebody that, that Hugh freeze pointed out today and said, I'm excited to just get this guy on the field and see what happens. Because when I talked to JT Woods, when I talked to Terrell Bernard, um, Jalen Petrie was a guy for Baylor kind of had that lanky linebacker safety hybrid size that we were just talking about. Um, with a guy like Terrence Love and look, JC Hart's six one, six two. Um, he's got a lot of length as well. A lot, you know, needs to be an intelligent player, which it, it, it seems very obvious that a guy like T Love and a guy like JC Hart are um, both have four plus GPAs. Boom, there you go. Perfectly making my point. Thank you, Christian. But yeah, I, I just wanted to hit on that real quick and 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 kind of provide some some background on this new defensive coordinator. Couple of his NFL guys I talked to, um, they didn't play that position. Now JT Woods played behind him. And Bernard played beside him, played beside that star spot. And both of them kind of pointed and they were like, ah, th- whoever is here, whoever's rotating here and whoever is kind of working around them has to be really good. So, um, you know, as you guys were kind of making those comps for, for T-Love and talking about the different things, Dukes, you brought up all the different positions he can play on the defense. Maybe watch out for some. If Ron Roberts is still here in a couple years, um, even if he gets developed into that kind of player, I think that could be something really fun to watch is what they do with that star position. You know what's even more fun about T-Love that I think people will see, and I think Hugh Freeze knows this too, you might see him on a, on, on, on a special team's fake punt. Man, he can really throw the ball. Like I don't, yeah, I don't he, think people realize how good he really throws the ball, but he can really throw it. Like He, he may have a 50 or a 60 in his, in his shoulder blade. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, just a really good athlete, and I think another one of those tone setters for the class. Yeah, uh, Dukes, correct me if I'm wrong here, but T-Love, well, I know he punted in the state title game. Uh, has he been Layson Hughes' punter all year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, it, you know what? He he was uh, lobbying to kick a little bit sometimes after the state championship last year. Um, but, uh, like, no, Boone, Boone was like, you know what? We got our guy. So, no, nah, that was cool, man. Um, yeah, let, let's go back to the question I was asking in terms of immediate impact. Uh, Jason picked uh, Quintrell Jamison uh, Travis, the Juco defensive lineman, as a guy that he thinks can step in and play right away next year. Nathan wants dibs for next, uh, but um, 
Also, Jason is heading out, actually, which is perfect timing. Before we even get into my question, Jason, we're going to let you go. Uh, and yep. Appreciate uh, no, off- no offense to you, Jason. We're going to be upgrading here because yeah, we've got yeah, KMG. If you're getting a right? big, big man in, then uh, I'm going to slide out. And Okay, even there you go. Speedster and big man coming in. So y'all, had a, y'all have it, and I'll see y'all later. What's up? What's K- up, K-, K, what's up, fool? Nothing cooler. Hey, man, look. How you feel? So I'm excited. I'm ready to get there already. Already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Like, when it came down to it, like, you know everybody who was being recruited by Auburn, and you did your research before you got ready to commit to Auburn. Yeah. What was, like, what did you get about Auburn? What was the final straw that was like, you know what, I'm going to Auburn? Uh, they pursued me the hardest. Uh, it's close to home. You already know. Uh, right. Things of that nature. Right. So you said it was, uh, they pursued you the hardest and it was close to home. Yeah, they showed lots of love. No, absolutely. Who, who was your lead recruiter? Uh, Coach Etheridge, most definitely. And probably Coach, I mean, really, Coach uh, Etheridge, Coach Coach Ty. Uh, right. And what's it called? Uh, so, uh, he freeze, yeah. So when it comes down to, like, Zach, like, how you feel about Zach as a coach and what, and what makes him be like, you know what, I, I, I'm okay with him being my coach? Uh, he's straightforward. It's like a big brother-little brother relationship. Uh, more than, we can talk about more than football. And, yeah. Yeah, Kayan, for you, um, I think it was on Monday, you know, where Zach tweets out that he's locked in. Uh, you know, he's officially being retained as a part of Hugh Freeze's staff. Was that was that pretty big for you? Um, was that I don't want to say the final straw, but you know the final thing that you you know you needed to know before committing to Auburn? Uh, it was a piece to it, but yes, that was most definitely part of. It. So I talked to T Love probably Saturday, and T Love was like, "Hey man, what what what? Like I'm I'm talking to K a little bit." Mm-hmm. And then uh, how big was having somebody from the city that's that'll be in a secondary with you? Going down to Auburn. Uh, I mean, we knew each other since we've been youngest, playing against each other growing up. So I knew that I knew he was a dog uh, before any like any even any of this high school stuff even came upon. So like I just knew I could listen to him, take a few things from him and from Auburn, and just uh, go get my own and put on it too. Like taking my own visits, getting to meet the coaching staff myself, and just run with it. No, yeah. so yeah, Ken, I want to ask you one real quick. Dukes had what I thought was a great uh, player comp for you um, earlier. And before I say that, I want to ask you kind of what's your player comp in terms of a guy you maybe watch a lot or you try to model your game after? Uh, say Marshawn Lattimore, Jair Alexander. Uh, I like Tyron Matthew, even though he is safety. Just uh, uh, a few more guys like Jalen Ramsey. I can see those. I can definitely see those guys. Uh, Dukes, say yours, because I thought the way you described it and the way you know he bridges the gap, the way you explained that was it was really really good. Man, okay, you know I'm from the south side, so yeah. you know I, I went with Pat. Yeah, I said like the way like the folk the way you hit, like the way you you can hit and cover. Like, yeah. see, folks don't know how fast Pat really was. Like, and I know your pops, you know he'll tell you like whatever, but yeah, at the end of the day, like you know Pat is somebody. When I saw you, I was like, okay, cool, yeah, K K like the next pack out the A and being real Atlanta, 
you get what I'm saying? Like it, it's a little bit different, like because a lot of people don't know how much Atlanta you are. Like it, it wasn't just Cedar Grove, it wasn't just North Henry, it wasn't just South Atlanta. You've been all around here. You feel me? Yeah. So like when, when it comes to that, you see a child of the city like the same way that you know, like the same way we linked, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, man, he, he he's one of them. So when you when you see a guy like Pac, man, like who who kind of like got through whatever he got through and he smoothed it out, like yeah. How do you think that football impacts like the city? Because right now Atlanta going through something. Like we got a lot of stuff going on, real crazy. Like how much does sports weigh into being able to impact other people that might be from our community that don't have the same opportunities that me and you have? Uh, sports really does. It really is a big impact in ways of like stress relieving. Uh, you can get away from your problems with this. Like that's the way I look at it. I mean. I can get away. I mean, it's my happy place. It's like a place where you could just feel like you at peace, really. No, so, so. man, you just, okay. You're using it to really get out, get out, get out, whatever, whatever situation you're in, really. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Kane, for hopping on. Uh, I'll ask you one last one. Just messaged for the Auburn fans. For sure. Yeah, uh, Kane, just what's your message for the Auburn fans? Oh, uh, shoot, you already know War Eagle, and we coming in to do some crazy stuff this year. You already know SEC, we coming for that title right away. We coming in, young is running stuff, young and lit. We finna come in and do all that. Just have a good time, build a brotherhood. Just rock out. Yes, sir. Thank you, Kane, for hopping on. Guys, we linked his Twitter um, in the you know in the chat. Make sure to follow him, show him some love. Uh, one of Auburn's you know, signee now. I keep wanting to say commit. Uh, Kane love Kane love is Auburn signee. Kane, thanks for hopping on. Uh, we'll sure. we'll talk to yep. you soon. Yeah, be easy. Uh, yeah, so make sure to show Kane some love. Uh, one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest one of the day, you know, him and Keldrick Falk were the two that one flipped from Florida State, one flipped from Ohio State. Both are big flips for Auburn. Both kind of set a big foundation for Hugh Freeze and recruiting. Um, the youngins run the show. I, <laughs> I I dig that. I dig that a lot. He I did not say the show. <laughs> I was stepped, I was stepped away for a minute. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, if we want to keep that little that little explicit e thing off of that, we'll just we'll just hey, that's what he said. This we'll, show, we'll I love it. it. Yeah, he was he was great. There seems like a lot of uh, man. This just this is this is, this is, this is, this is a fun is, class. It's um, a really fun class. All of these look, look, kids. I, I want to say one thing real quick. Like I'm here and I got the pulse of the city, dog. Listen. Man, Auburn is gonna is getting back into Atlanta. I'm telling you, like, there's no question about it. Like, T Love, you got like so all of these kids, right? And I call them kids because you know I'm old. So all of these kids played together when they were younger. They know each other. They talk to each other. This was the class that nobody else in the SEC got. Multiple of the 23 class that were like elite in Atlanta. Like this was this was big. Like so, going forward, they're going to be more guys. Like you know, twenty four class. You got Air. You got JoJo. You got DeBron. You got uh, DeBron Gatlin just uh, committed to uh, Texas A and M. You got so many guys in Atlanta that are highly ranked. Twenty five. You got even more. Twenty six. You got Tyler Atkinson and Juju. Like it, it, it's crazy. So Auburn putting their footprint in Atlanta now and starting yeah. it with some guys who really are like. Like and and for lack of better words, like that. 
I think it's huge. And uh, you, you really can't you really can't put a value on how big the 85 takeover will be if Auburn can continue to pull it off. Yeah, you got to set that up. You got to set that up now if you're looking down the road. I mean, a lot of people talked about this class, this 2023 class in, in the state of Alabama. I kind of look at that the same sort of way. You know, there was a lot of talent there. Auburn hadn't Auburn didn't set up roots very well the past couple years on on Brian Harson's staff. The 2024 class in Alabama is is one of the most talented the state has seen. So Hugh Freeze is kind of playing catch up there. Dukes, I don't know if you did. I don't know if you hit on this on a previous recruiting show with with Christian and Jason. You might have, um, but I really liked in your scoops. I think a week ago you talked about some of your impressions of Hugh Freeze meeting him in Atlanta, but then also talking to some other people there about right. him. Can you can you kind of touch on that? I don't know if you have already or not. Um, I really haven't, but what I will say is, uh, man, Coach Hugh Freeze is like cool. Like when I say cool, it's not just because his name is Freeze, but he he he's cool and he's himself. Like it wasn't like standoffish. It wasn't I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not. It's like, hey, look, when I get finished, I might go have a beer and go fishing. That <laughs> plays itself well when you're talking to football guys and being able to talk football, being at a high school level. Like, so when you're like, even though you're the coach of uh, Auburn University, you make millions of dollars. When you go into a high school, I feel like Hugh Freeze taps back into who he was when he was a high school coach back in the day. And I think that goes so, it, 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 it makes a difference. And and they're real, he's willing to talk. It's not a forced conversation. It's not a, yeah, I don't know. It's it, Or it's not a, I don't have time. It's, hey, what are you running? Oh, okay. Who's the top team? Okay, what do they run? All right. Well, if I was you, I would do this. And uh, that that type of conversation, like like when you really when when you really realize, like Georgia is the new Friday Night Lights. Like it it, it gets really serious, and you guys and uh, Christian can attest to it for sure. When you come down, there's a whole like kid and caboodle, and it's a lot going on. So I think uh, Hugh Freeze is, is built for the job, and uh, to build that fence. And and if you really want to look at Clemson's ascension, it came from getting guys that Auburn used to get. Like Auburn used to get the guys in Georgia who may have been the four stars that Georgia was like, you know what, I'm going to go get a guy from New Jersey instead. Okay, come on down to Auburn. All right. Or you might have a guy in Columbus that and and or Phoenix City that Clemson has been cleaning up in if you look over the past 10 years. So by being able to put that fence back around those two areas, I think Auburn will return to where they should be and where they have been. Yeah, Dukes, I mean, look, you hit the nail on the head. Hugh Freeze is setting up where he needs – he knows he needs to attack the local area. You've already seen it with you know coaches being out on the road as much as they could in December, obviously recruiting their top targets, but trying to establish connections, right the wrongs at previous uh, schools and areas. I mean, the 2024 class is loaded for Alabama – 2025 class is going to – it could get close to what uh, Alabama's 2023 class is. You know, unfortunately for Hugh Freeze and for Auburn, much of the 2023 class was kind of wasted by the previous staff to the point where, you know, they were able to get some guys. They got Keldrick. I think – I personally think they found a diamond in the rough in J.C. Hart. I really like his game. Uh, you know, you get Braden Joyner. You have Jeremiah Cobb. I'm probably forgetting. Brenton Williams, uh, maybe one or two more that I'm forgetting. Um, but – you know, Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze understands that you need to recruit the local area, um, and you know Brian Harson. I don't think he understood that, and if he did, it came a little too late, um, and it really kind of bit Auburn there in the end, and it was you know, it was a problem. Um, and I think 
I think this spring is going to be huge. You know, that's when Auburn's coaches can go back on out on the road again. Um, and you'll see them do that and it'll be pretty big for Auburn to establish some roots. Hey, before we go, can I do one shout out? Yeah. So I want to shout out Mama Mente. (laughs) Kristen Clemente's mom is like my favorite. Oh, absolutely. I'm 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 in on this. Mama Mente. That's her name. And when she comes to Atlanta, she's my mom. And (laughs) you know, that that that, that's just what it is. So Mama Mente, if you see this, I love you, girl. (laughs) Hey Dukes. So they they had me and and our buddy Adam from the OA News. We weren't able to get home for Thanksgiving, and Christian's mom invited us over to to her place, to her place, to Christian's place on Thanksgiving. They made so she makes this stuffing, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what y'all call it. I call it stuffing. stuffing. Right. Um, it has these little has these little. They're like cubes, right? I didn't. I had no idea what they were. Kind of reddish brown things in the stuffing. Stuffing was super moist already, which is a big key. For okay. me, it wasn't just kind of this dry. It it was some of the best meat I had ever had. They they <laughs> hold on, hold on, they, hold they sliced on. up. Awesome. They they Dukes they in in Montana apparently they they slice up <laughs> buffalo. They slice up buffalo bison and put it in their stuffing, and it was so, it was unreal. So that's my biggest takeaway. So I'm from Atlanta, and we love, and I and I say that so much, but I love Atlanta. So Ted Turner, who owned everything in Atlanta, went Uncle to Ted. Montana and just went bison crazy and brought it back to Atlanta. So I know that's the truth. And at Ted's Montana Grill, you yep. can probably get a little taste of that. So I know you're telling the truth, and I'm a guy that was raised on dressing, but if Mama Mente makes stuffing, then I eat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey have y'all seen the i, I don't know why I, I was put on this a little bit have y'all seen the ted turner doomsday video you probably have dukes because you're from atlanta yeah you no. have christian have you seen this no dukes explain it because you will because you'll do a better job <laughs> i can't don't nope. <laughs> it, it's still it's still messed up for me go ahead it's it's yeah it's pretty freaky when he correct me if i'm wrong on any of this yeah, I got a I got a big old pause here in the chat. Thanks, bud. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be good. Um, <laughs> the best meat I ever. Had. <laughs> I'll say it again. <laughs> um, so I don't know when. I don't know what the what the origin. <laughs> I don't know what the origin of it was. How much meat have you had, Nathan? <laughs> All the different types of meat that you've had. He left. <laughs> this this has gone downhill quickly. Keldrick Falk, please, please save us, my guy. Uh, Well, Um, unfortunately, Keldrick Falk has gone quiet on me. Fortunately for Auburn, he's already signed, unlike Tony Mitchell, who went quiet on Jason. So, look, look, if Keldrick doesn't hop on the podcast, it's not the end of the world. Um, Are you going to let me tell the Ted Turner? I was just giving some preface. People were in the comments already asking, where's Keldrick? Look, guys, he's got other stuff to do. Hopefully he hops on. It's not like we're paying him to hop on. He's hopping on. I'm sorry, Christian. I'm at your throat. I'm defensive now because I don't want to. I don't want to say anything else. They'll get me. They'll get me on the internet. Um, <laughs> but so Ted Turner, it was when he because they they started you know they started uh, CNN and wanted it to be the first 24 hour news thing, and he was like, well, at some point, and I guess in like the late 80s, he was like, well, if the world ends, then our people are going to be busy dying, being with their families. I don't know, whatever meteor. I don't know what's happening, but we want something to be able to play because our news needs to be going all the time. He recorded uh, uh, the song from Titanic. I can't remember what it is, 
he had like a like a military band at his mansion in Atlanta record not record play this song and uh and then that was going to be playing and they would put that on it goes for about a minute and a half and then that's it that's and then the world ends so it exists it's somewhere on the internet you can look it up it was like some it was like 15 years ago some intern they had it in their files at CNN some intern leaked it and put it on YouTube I'm still scared of that video because it's, it was pretty creepy. I trust Ted Turner so much because first of all, he let us watch. I didn't have cable growing up. So I got to watch the Braves and I got to watch WCW NWO action for free. So Ted Turner is like good with everybody and Andy Griffin and Perry Mason. Yeah. Right, bro. Like Ted, like he, he's bigger than any gangster in Atlanta for sure. So when we saw that video, it was like, dang, that's how it's gonna be. So it kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like I don't even like to talk about it. Right. Maybe it's like kind of spooky. Well, if a Ted bit. says it's gonna be that way, then I guess uh <laughs> be. I, and I and I saw in like the suggested after I watched it, NBC did one too. Not wow. long after. There's I have, freak, I've never seen there's that this one. freakier. You want to talk about freaky? It ends with just like the NBC logo, and then this like old 80s text come down and just says goodbye, and then that's it. <laughs> Oh, if you're watching NBC, that's at the, the end of the world. That's that's what you. But of course, we we we're some we're some Ted Turner guys in here, so we'll be watching CNN. Well, uh, actually, I'm a Will Smith because I think I will end up being I Am Legend, that guy who ends up with my dog. Who, do you have a dog? Yeah, Kobe, a Boston Terrier, monster, beast. My dog smart. would be my dog would be dead within within minutes. Christian, you can attest to that. <laughs> All right, guys. Him. Hey, I'm He'd about to go. Him. Yeah. All right, Dukes. We'll see you later. All right, for sure. Uh, Nathan, somehow getting this back on track here a little bit. Let's go for like another 10 minutes. If we don't hear from Keldrick, we'll wrap it up there. That'll be an hour and 15. We already had a ton of guests on. Love to get Keldrick on. If not, like I said, we're not paying these kids to come on. We're just asking, you know, and hoping that they come on. Um, So a long time ago, probably like 20 minutes ago, I was asking immediate impact guys. Jason said Quintrell, Jamison Travis, the JUCO defensive lineman. Um, and that was the one answer. Since it's just you and I now, let's let's each pick like two. Who are two guys from the commitment yeah. list that you think could, you know, immediately step in and not start, but you know, maybe make a pretty big impact next year? So I, I wanted to kind of cheat a little bit and pick just the top two guys in the class, which isn't which isn't, you know, maybe the right thing to do. I'm gonna take one of them though, because I, I, I can't go I can't go against Keldrick Falk in this. Yes scenario you and i were talking about it earlier today um you know i did i did a i did a depth chart impact story when elijah McAllister, the the edge rusher from from vanderbilt committed and said you know he's in that room right now he's probably he's probably your starter i mean he, he may be a guy like dylan brooks dylan brooks has a lot of talent uh, but he's the only scholarship guy coming back at that position and so talk about a guy with three years sec experience only started a couple games at vandy and a guy like Keldrick Falk and, and and McAllister had a lot of knee injuries. You look at a guy like Keldrick Falk in that room now, assuming he's going to be that that stud, which by the way is what the is what they're going to call it, along with that jack position, kind of a stand up linebacker guy who can kind of roam there on the edge. They'll put they'll put one of them on the line most of the time. Um, I mean, Falk's Falk's the most talented guy in that room, maybe now. And now it's it's not worth you know it, you shouldn't forget about Dylan Brooks because a couple couple cycles ago he was a huge deal. You know, and, and those guys don't just disappear because they get redshirted. Um, so you've still got that talent in your room. But um, you look at what Falk can do at, at multiple positions on the field. Guy who played wide receiver, a guy who played tight end, played all over the D-line. Um, really, really fast, really athletic, really lanky. I don't know what Auburn had him listed six, at today. Six five, two forty. 
they they had they just took this they just had the 24 7 ones yeah because they yeah. you know they haven't necessarily clocked these guys with their own measurements yet but six five two forty i think that can be a nice pairing you know with him and with him and McAllister. um lots of lots of bending ability there on the edge get a guy who's six six two forty get a or excuse me get a guy six five two forty get a guy like McAllister who's six six i think two fifty i don't know about you when i looked him up because when we saw him in the hotel last week after that after that visit um I, when I looked him up, I did not expect six six. I expected like six eight. That dude's massive. I mean, he he could touch the ceiling easily. So um, I think Falk just because of the position of need there. And then the other guy, I'm gonna go. With, I was gonna go with Deron Reed um, there at the defensive line because he he talked to us about after his visit, kind of the flexibility he's got at a lot of different positions on the D line. I think that bodes well for them. I do think he'll see the field, kind of like Jason's point with his selection. I do think you know he, he can he Reed can probably see the field. As a freshman, um, I'm going to go with Azavion. Azavion, I'm assuming. Yep. Azavion. Mil- I'm going to go with Azavion Miller. Um, just from too tall. Yeah, that's right. I, I said today uh, I will. I will exclusively refer to him as too tall Miller. Um, really, <laughs> really liked what I saw from him. It, it, admittedly, not a guy that I necessarily looked at that much before Auburn picked him up. But I, mean, I don't know. Which, I don't know what you think about about him and, and kind of how he fits into that offensive line situation but i believe he was a juco all-american um comes from comes from summit mississippi yep. uh, really good size of course at, at about six five three twenty he just looks like a guy you can go ahead and slot in at right tackle maybe uh, that, that 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 tackle spot for them both tackle spots are of course really important um and he's a guy i can maybe see getting in the system getting with a guy like thornton who's gonna have a different he's gonna have a different offensive line scheme than, than auburn is used to you look at what old miss likes to do with kind of the way they cross and they push with their guards and they kind of push their tackles out. And that's that they've had a really successful rushing attack in that sense. But you know, it, it's, it's going to be a little bit different. I can see him as a guy similar to how I'm high on Jeremiah, Wright. I think Jeremiah, Wright Maybe in this offense could be a mauler at guard next year. Um, you look at what Miller likes to do. He likes to maul guys. Um, and he does it from the tackle spot really well. So those, those would be my two selections. Yeah, no, those are both really good. I like Tutal Miller a lot. Uh, he's got really good length there at tackle. Um, he's not still fully developed in terms of weight. I think you can put some weight on still, but you kind of like what you're getting there. Um, you know, the two guys I'm going to pick, uh, since you left him available, I'm going to take Deron Reed, um, which it is pronounced Deron Reed. Uh, previous staff had been pronouncing it Darren Reed. So if you're wondering hey, why... Hey, that's what Hugh Freeze said today. So Hugh Freeze said Darren Reed today. So he so so we'll 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 reserve the reserve the judgment for a little bit. But he said okay. he did say Duran. Well, certain staffers have called him DJ Reed, so we'll call him DJ Reed. Um, but when we talked to him, he said Duran Reed. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm going to take him. You know, you need guys along the defensive line, and he's one of your most versatile guys. Um, I mean, they didn't sign a huge defensive line class, um, but he's an extremely versatile piece. This is your Colby Wooden. I feel like I compare like everybody to Colby Wooden now, um, but you know this is a guy that can shift outside and play the edge. We saw Colby doing that when Derek went down for a little bit, when Eku went down, when Marcus Bragg was dealing with some injuries. Now, Colby shifted all the way outside and played some edge. Uh, DJ Reed can do that. Um, he can also shift inside, and you know he can play a defensive tackle, defensive end. Uh, I think he's ready to contribute right away. Certainly. Um, with Auburn's depth chart at defensive tackle uh, along the defensive line right now, you know, we'll see Auburn's definitely going to go get some guys out of the portal, um, but they haven't gotten really anybody yet there. So I would go with DJ Reed. The second guy I'm going to go with, this is easy for me, Connor Liu. Connor Liu is might be the number one center in the country. If he's not number one, he's number two. Um, look, this is a guy that the previous staff really, really wanted to get. 
wasn't able to get him. He ends up coming into Miami uh, back in July or August, something around there. Um, and this is a very, very talented kid along the offensive line. Um, the, you know, next year, if it comes to a situation where Connor Lou is starting, it's not, uh, you know, we got to start Connor Lou, the freshman, like, Oh, you know, we'll see what happens. It's, Oh yeah, we're starting Connor Lou. I think Auburn feels that way right now. I think Auburn has confidence right now. You know, Connor Lou is going to be an early enrollee. He'll be here in the spring. Uh, I think even before spring practice, Auburn feels confident that they know what they have in him. They know what he can bring to that offensive line room that desperately needs help. They feel like they could start him at center. They feel like they could start him at guard. I think Auburn feels really, really good there. I love Connor Lou's tape. Really, really smart kid. Uh, 4.3 high school GPA. He's going to be a pilot uh, after his time playing football. So Auburn worked out really well there. You know, the aviation program definitely gave Auburn a big boost in this recruitment. Um, but uh, definitely I would go with Connor Lou as my second guy. Nathan, I'll ask you. Um, we'll do kind of an underrated guy. We'll pick one guy that two or three years from now, you might not have looked at him a lot right now. We might not have mentioned his name even at all tonight on the podcast. Um, but who's a guy that you think two or three years down the line could be a pretty a guy that contributes a lot for Auburn? I'll do a couple picks here as well. Guy I mentioned earlier in the show, J.C. Hart. Absolutely. You, know, you, you had just said you know not somebody that's been mentioned. He's been mentioned a long time, of course, because he's a local guy. He's been part of the class for a while, but he's not one of the higher-rated guys in the class. Really like his frame, and you could see Hugh Freeze's excitement for him today. Again, I just uh, I'm sort of a sort of get a recency bias a little bit, but you know when when you hear about the importance of that position, he might play flexing between between a free safety spot and and that nickel, which is going to be called the star now um, for them. Just really like his athleticism and his versatility and, and fluidity. Um, and I'll touch on it again. I think he and he and T Love could be a really nice pairing in this in this class where I, I can see at least one of them merging as a guy who is kind of that. Um, flex safety in a couple years. I'd be shocked if one of them isn't starting at Auburn in two or three years as as that important middle middle of the field position. That you know, it, it's not only important for Ron Roberts' defense, but it's it's important for any defense. You know, you look at a guy like a T. Love reminds me a little bit of a guy like a Jordan Battle. That's a little bit more of a of a true safety, but he can kind of creep down a little bit. He he might be a guy like a Jamie and Sherwood. Battle will be in the draft. Maybe people look at him as a bit of a outside linebacker but um i also really really like tyler johnson the texas tech um i, I, I saw your face i take you take one of your guys uh those you know that's why i said one guy because yeah uh, <laughs> uh, th those are the two you know. sure. <laughs> but that's okay I, I have a third one in mind so don't you okay. dare say a third name i will not say a third my bad i, I <laughs> you know you i think it was it was a sunday morning um johnson popped really really early a couple weeks ago flipping from Flipping from Texas Tech, I remember I get a text from you, and you're like, "Hey, can you can you get up the story on him?" Because um, I'm I'm you know, I'm still still getting up right now, and so I was doing a little bit more research on him and kind of watching him a little bit more, and really really like the skill set he brings to the table, the size he brings to the table. Um, we've got him listed at six six three hundred, which that works he, out. He said after his visit, he's actually lost some weight, closer to two eighty eight now. Yeah, and and that tracks along with what you freeze said today so you know he, i thought Hugh freeze had a lot of good comments I'd, I'd, I'd encourage everybody to go check out christian's meet the class story on our site that's going to have Hugh freeze's perspective on on every single one of the guys plus you can just scroll through and, and bring back up the speed because we've i think we've pretty much hit the whole class tonight in this in this podcast talked about it, each one of them at least once um but you can kind of refresh yourselves there but Hugh freeze said that tyler johnson is a is a ready-made tackle so he said he's just sort of a 
ready-made offensive tackle that if you're a guy like Freeze, you're a guy like Jake Thornton, you love to get your hands on from the from the high school level because and Freeze admitted, you know, like, hey, you know, he's transparent about it. He said, you know, he'll need a couple years, but you know, with a couple years of proper development, um, he's a guy you can see as your starting left tackle in in two or three years. Not the most highly rated guy in the world. He's the fifth, you know, we have him as the number fifty-three offensive tackle in the in the composite ratings. But look, if you're signing tackles and you're Auburn. You're doing the right thing because (laughs) very recently they were not signing tackles. I think is it this class they signed more in the previous than the previous three classes combined. I think is either either two or three, either two or three. Um, So just getting, I mean, just getting those guys in there and giving them an opportunity to to compete moving forward. I think is really big, and and I I like what he brings to the table, and and clearly Hugh Freeze does as well. Yeah, I'm glad you hit on both of those guys. I love J.C. Hart. I love his game. Uh, I mean, you saw it at the end. He he played one A football, and you know that slips through the clack cracks a little bit. Um, you know, he doesn't get a ton of offers. And one of the latest offers uh, was USC earlier this week. You know, Lincoln Riley picks up on him. Derek Mason, who's familiar with the area, Oklahoma State picks up on him. UCF, Gus, and those guys have been on him for a while. Some schools figured out what he could be. This is a kid who's 6'2", 175, ran a 4'3", 40-yard dash. Incredibly kind of tall and lanky if he plays cornerback. Um, with great speed, if you put him at wide receiver, he's going to be a lot of fun to play there as well. I, I love JC's game. He's going to need some time to develop, um, you know, get adjusted to the SEC. But you know, this is a kid who asked his mom to drive past Jordan Hare Stadium. You know, he grew up in Lochapoca. He would just ask to drive past the stadium growing up as a kid because he wanted to see it. And those are the kids that you know when they get into Auburn, they're going to work their tails off, um, and you kind of know that. Um, so I love JC. I love Tyler Johnson as well. I love what he brings. Uh, just his frame there at offensive tackle. Uh, one of the first guys, uh, I'll have two underrated guys as well. Um, so I'm going to go with, wow, I almost I was looking at J.C. Hart's profile. I almost just said him. Colton Hood is one guy. Uh, for the obvious reason, he hops on the live show, he hops on the podcast. So he's number one in my book. Um, but seriously, watching Colton Hood's game, there's not a lot to like there. Um, he's a little bit maybe undersized as a corner, just a tiny bit, but he's still got pretty good size. Um, and, you know, Duke said it best on a podcast, on the podcast that we had Colton on um, just a you know week or two ago, whatever it was. He, he's an offensive player, offensive-minded player that's playing cornerback. And he, he does that really, really well in the sense that, you know, Colton played uh, wide receiver. He mostly played quarterback growing up. And then he kind of got moved to receiver, played some running back a little bit. And then he got moved to corner. And now he's used that a lot um, in, in his game playing defense. I think... And the thing about Colton is he's a little underrated in the rankings. He plays baseball for Eagles Landing Christian Academy. He doesn't go to camps um, because of baseball and stuff like that. He He's a guy that doesn't get out there and doesn't get his ranking up necessarily quite as much. But I think you give him a couple years in a college strength and conditioning program. I really like what Colton Hood can bring. And then the other one that I'll bring up, I actually don't know if we've mentioned his name at all today. Um, and he's one of Auburn's higher rated commits. Um, so it's kind of surprising that you know we didn't talk about him. But I guess, I, I don't know how. He always just seems like a name we forget about a little bit. Maybe it's because he doesn't visit as much because he's from Florida. Um, and you know so we don't talk to him quite as much. And necessarily, he's hard to get on the phone sometimes. But Wilkie Denod, um, you know, he officially visited this past weekend. You know, he committed as an edge. I promise you he's not an edge rusher. Uh, seeing him in person, that right there is a defensive end that can shift inside and play defensive tackle for sure. Again, I'm going to comp him to Colby Wooden, kind of that potential to fill in kind of that play style. Um, look, we saw him in the hotel walking around, 
that guy's a dude. Like he is big. Um, I like his game. He'll have to develop a few things, but I really like kind of what he brings. And that's just a name that's flown under the radar. We should give Quavo Sori some love as well. I don't remember bringing his name up. I was going to say, that's your guy right there. Yeah. Um, I think as we kind of wrap up the show here, you know, I haven't heard from Keldrick. He's probably got other stuff to do. Sure. But he is signed. So you're good to go there, Auburn fans. Don't worry. I will um, put Christian, keep on keep on talking. I will put Jason's interview with him in the comments right now. Perfect. Yep. Because, Jason was there at Highland Home yep. earlier today. Got him on exclusive video. So if you want to watch that there, um, if Keldrick pops up here in the live stream here in the last second, we'll get him on, obviously. But we already had a big group. Look, I just want to give first off, let me give a shout out to the staffers again. You know, we gave them a shout out uh, kind of midway through the show. They need another shout out because you need to give a shout out to the the interim staff, Will Friend, Jimmy Brumbaugh, Rock Bell and Tony, Christian Robinson, uh, Ike Hilliard, all of those guys, all of those GAs that kept working, Mike Hartline, uh, Jeff McDaniels, all of those guys that kept working and weren't retained. You know, they kept working until the very end. The people that were retained and it still have kept working, despite the fact that, you know, some of these guys aren't guaranteed uh, positions on the staff. Steven Ruzik, uh, you know, the recruiting girls, Katie, Bianca, Kendall, Natasha, um, Joe Bernardi, Kendall Simmons, some of those GAs and analysts that have stuck on. Those guys deserve a ton of credit for this class because if it's not for them, Auburn doesn't get to the point where it has a foundation. Uh, Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge, of course. I, I don't even know how I forgot about those guys. Those guys are kind of at the top because they get a lot of recognition, but guys behind the scenes. Um, you know, If it's not for those people behind the scenes, Auburn is not in the foundation it is today to be able to sign this top 20 class. Hugh Freeze um, and his new staff that he puts together inherits a much bigger mess than it was if it's not for that interim staff that puts in so much work. So you got to give them a ton of credit. And then look, I just want to give a shout out to, you know, all the commits, all the signees. Absolutely. Uh, this, this class has been a ton of fun to cover. Uh, I'm going to go down the list of the guys that have signed and just talk about them real quick. Keldrick Falk, he's been nothing but great to us. Even when he was committed to Florida State, gave us interviews, talked with us. Kind of a quiet kid, but a really, really good kid. Uh, Deron Reed, same way, you know, committed to LSU, but still talked with us and has been really good. Uh, Kay and Lee hops on the live show tonight. You know, he signed, commits, signs earlier today, hops on the live show tonight. Um, Sylvester Smith, again, another late, recent addition. We've talked with him a little bit more um, because Albert's been in it with him a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, he's been really, really good. Um, just the whole way. Terrence Love. Uh, I'm wearing the Langston Hughes shirt. I've been to Langston Hughes four or five times now. Um, Terrence Love has visited a ton. We've talked to him a ton. He's been great every single time, man. Um, all of those guys at Langston Hughes have been. Wilkie Denod, like I said, we haven't talked to him a bunch, um, but every time we have, he's been really, really good. Clay Whedon, a- anytime you ask for an interview, anytime you ask for him to hop on the podcast, whatever, he's been open to do it. Uh, I think the people that watched and saw him on earlier saw truly kind of what that, what Clay Whedon is as a person. Uh, you know, the way I summed it up in my tweet earlier today was he's kind of a true Auburn man. Uh, you know, he's, he loves hunting. He loves fishing. He loves all that stuff. He's a real kind of country boy. Um, I, I love Clay um, and he's got the right mindset to really be successful, not only, you know, at Auburn, but just in life in general. Uh, Braden Joyner, the loyalist of the class. You know, he, uh, he, he's been committed since, it's been almost a full calendar year now. He committed on January 1st last year. It's There were probably some really long days there, probably some days where he did not think Auburn was going to be the spot where he should end up going. Uh, but he stuck the whole way. 
He's been really good to us the whole way. Always done interviews, stuff like that. Quavo Sori, huge shout out to him. I went to his commitment and everyone at Chipley went to his commitment ceremony, uh, August, maybe it was, I don't remember exactly. So I drive down about three hours to Chipley, go to his ceremony, um, hang out with you know the coaches beforehand, hang out with the coaches afterward. They invite uh, me and another reporter to the team uh, kind of pregame meal because they were had their season opener that night. So you know we eat with the team, eat with the coaches, hang out with them all day, watch Quavo play that night. He had some incredible plays. I tweeted out the picture of him, uh, you know, hurdling a player earlier today. So he's been great. Uh, Connor Liu, he's been really really good. You know when we talked to him in the summer, he was really good. Incredibly smart kid, 4.3 high school GPA, <laughs> really, really smart, highly intelligent. He, he's going to go places that's more than just football, but he's going to be really successful in football first. Colton Hood, talked about him a bunch tonight. That's my guy. Uh, you know, Colton went through the ringer trying to get on the podcast. We had some delays, uh, had some technical issues, worked through that, still waited, um, and he was still there. Um, and then he hops right back on the live show tonight. Didn't, it wasn't even a question, uh, and he was right back on. Xavier Tutal Miller, I you know, I had only talked to him for the first time on Sunday, but he was really, really good. Um, and so I'm sure he's a good kid. I'm looking forward to covering him. J.C. Hart, we talked about him a lot. Quiet kid. Yep, there's Quavo story. First play of the season. First play of the season. That is what he does. That was one of the most absurd things I've seen, and it was on the first play of his senior season. Um, J.C. Hart, 4.0 plus GPA. Auburn is his dream school. He didn't even necessarily want to play football. He just wanted to go to Auburn. He just wanted to be at Auburn. Um, and he ends up committing to Auburn, sign in with Auburn now. A little bit of a quiet kid, but when you get to know him, he's just a truly, truly great kid. He wanted to hop on the live stream tonight, but he was traveling and wasn't able to. Uh, Tyler Johnson, talked to him just a few times. He, Auburn was the place he wanted to be. He doesn't get an offer until pretty late. He ends up hopping on board over at Texas Tech. You know, he stays... He stays consistent with Auburn. He keeps talking with them a little bit. He stays patient. He gets his chance. And now you have a potential. You, you have a guy that has an NFL offensive tackle frame in Tyler Johnson that just needs to be developed a little bit. And he was really, really good to talk to. Uh, Brenton Williams, local kid from Opelika. You know, he falls through the cracks a little bit. He commits to Coastal Carolina. Some teams start to see his senior, uh, senior tape a little bit. Realize kind of what Brenton Williams can do. Michigan State offered. Uh, I think Mizzou offered Penn state was in the mix. They might've offered as well. And Auburn obviously offers and he ends up staying close to home. He's been really, really good. Uh, Quiet trail, Jameson Travis. I've actually never talked to him before. Uh, he didn't visit. Um, but you know, that's a Juco kid. Those kids bust their tails in Juco. It's, you know, it's tough. Um, and they do that to get a better opportunity and now we'll have it at Auburn. So looking forward to kind of what he brings. Steven Johnson, uh, really, really good. Um, the few times I talked to him, he camped over the summer, um, was looking for an offer, didn't get it. Signs with, not signs with, he commits to Tennessee. Um, Auburn ends up circling back here kind of just at the very end. Um, and he ends up flipping. Um, and he seems like a really high character kid. Hank Brown as well. Um, you know, that's a quarterback that was committed to play for Hugh Freeze at Liberty. Um, he, he speaks really, really highly of Hugh Freeze, of Kent Austin as well. Um, and so it's a tough situation there where he's committed to Liberty. Obviously, Hugh Freeze leaves. Um, Auburn staff feels confident enough that, you know, this is a power five guy. They feel like he's an SEC scholarship guy. So they extend that offer to him, um, and he ends up committing and signing. Really, really good kid to talk to. He was trying to hop on the podcast tonight or the live stream. 
Uh, problem is he had a basketball game at 7.30 um, and we started streaming at 7.30. So, you know, there's a little bit of an overlap there. Maybe he could have, you know, if he really wanted to hop on, he could have hopped on during the uh, starting lineup announcements. But Hey, man, um, we, so- might be going, we might be going long enough for him to hop on in the <laughs> afterward. No, but I mean, that, that wraps it up for the signees. Look, Jeremiah Cobb, he'll sign in February. Jeremiah Cobb's been great too, um, and we'll have more stuff then in February. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to all of those guys individually, all these kids. Sure. This class has been a ton of fun to cover. All of these kids have been great. They've been great to us. They've been great to other reporters. You know, They've been great to Auburn. Um, and I'm really just looking forward to seeing kind of what they do once they once they actually step foot on campus. Yeah, a couple guys. Um, Sylvester talked about it. Clay talked about it. Um, somebody else I can't remember. Goodness, we had a lot of guys, we had a lot of guys on. You know, being this foundation for for Hugh Freeze and and, and you know it, it might seem like there's a little bit of overflowing uh, optimism from these from these guys right now. Where when, when you look at the grand scheme of things, Auburn is still behind where it wants to be. But again, everything is relative. And if you look at this class compared to what it was going to be, um, if if the Brian Harson you know thing kept on kept on chugging along where it was at one point, didn't you say today it was in the nineties? At one point, it was in the nineties in the spring. Yeah, what, because think about it you had you had Braden Joyner commit on January first. You didn't get a commitment until April. And Terrence Love, it was in the nineties at one point. It was. I remember how. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, I mean, so so. It, it just seems to us, you know, we've, you and I are, you and I are a little younger, but, but we, this is our third staff that we've, or our third head coach, excuse me, that, that we've been around. Um, obviously we were there for the final few years of Gus Malzahn we spent, you know, two years covering Brian Harson's staff. I think we've been around long enough now to, to know what competent and organized recruiting looks like. Um, that was my biggest takeaway from, from when we went this past weekend, that huge visitor weekend where they had some transfers in there. As well, and I was talking to you about this today. Um, or I, actually, I was talking to Philip about it. You know, there wasn't a there wasn't a moment where Hugh Freeze wasn't just kind of meandering over to a parent, or just kind of wandering over and talking to a kid again. Or you know, he had Wesley McGriff and and Cadillac kind of in a little powwow, going over something. He goes outside to talk to Jake Thornton real quick, and then comes back inside. You know, it, it, it he's he's got a lot of experience um, you know, in in this department, and um, it's easy to tell when a staff is going to be able when they'll be able to do it. And it's why early on we had some concerns about Brian Harson. Uh, you know, it, it, on the recruiting front, you know, I, I personally didn't have much coaching concerns about him coming off the, coming off the bat. Cause he was super successful at Boise state. And I didn't, you know, you don't want to pass judgment or, or make an expectation that that early on, but you know, you and I have talked at length, particularly that one, that one podcast, once he was, once he was fired about some of those issues and, you know, they're more apparent than you might think when people are like more around well, the program. Let me just interject real quick with this. You're talking sure. about Hugh Freeze being around there. I can't remember the last time an official visit weekend I saw Brian Harson on a Sunday. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing you said it. <laughs> Christian's not Christian's not afraid to to come and say it. But I mean, yeah, it, it Auburn is a place we were talking about it today when when Hugh Freeze got done with his with his signing day press conference. Um, Auburn's a place place where if you know what you're doing and you're even if you're not that great at recruiting, but you're pretty competent, you're just gonna hang in the top twenty. Like, it, and 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 I think you talk, you said it today. You know, somebody must have told Brian Harson that that you know Auburn recruits itself, and he might have taken it a little too literally and, <laughs> and thought that there wasn't necessarily a lot he had to do. There's a lot this staff is doing to go above and beyond. Um, the two the two flips today were massive. You could have had Tony Mitchell. Um, you know, I know that that's sort of something that's. I think that stung. 
at the beginning of the day for Auburn fans. It's done until about eleven, and it and then there was a and then there was a nice rebound, and it almost made you not even, you know, people weren't even really tuned in, or you know, when the when the Carver when the Carver guys went because they were just like, well, you know, they're all Alabama at this point. So you know, because those three guys that ended up at Alabama, sure, in an alternate universe, could Auburn have the number six class right now, number seven class, absolutely. Um, but you know, all things considered, you look at the five candidates that they had, the five massive recruits they wanted to land today. With a transition staff getting to those guys, and and the fact that they seem like they're going to be firmly around that top fifteen range once they kind of fill things out, um, really really impressive. And and I'm I'm interested to see too now now that we move on from signing day, um, what they do to complement in the transfer portal. They've only picked up two two transfers, and as you and I have talked about on here a lot before, they're going to get a lot more than that in the next uh, in the next couple months. Yeah, I mean they've only got uh, nineteen LOIs in. Because uh, they had 18 high schoolers, and then Elijah McAllister signed. Uh, we expect Rivaldo Fairweather to sign at some point. You know, as Jason talked about earlier in the show, transfers aren't as they're not on a strict timeline necessarily. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb will come in in February, uh, but that put you at what 21? Uh, look, I've been up since 5 a.m. My math isn't quite there right now, um, but that put you at 21. We think Auburn could sign as many as 40 in this class. Your class is halfway done, theoretically. You know, I don't know if Auburn's going to get a ton more high school guys because I don't know who all is left. You know, the early signing day is really signing day now. 80 to 85 to 90% of guys sign in December. So I don't know how much is left in high school. There will still be some JUCO guys, you know, that popped up and had good senior film that people don't know about as much. Um, And then in terms of transfers, transfers, it'll be really, really big. We're going to see, you know, someone was asking me earlier, what are your expectations for Auburn next year? I don't, I couldn't tell you. Because this team is still missing a lot of pieces that aren't here yet, but will be here. And we just don't know who they are. Um, and so, you know, it'll be exciting to see this class for me um, just kind of proved we have reason for optimism and reason for excitement to cover recruiting in the 2024 class. Um, you know, Auburn's technically already behind in that class because recruiting is a two year cycle at minimum now, really. I mean, look, there's 2027 20, quarterbacks that are already getting offered. Um, but, Recruiting usually is a two-year cycle. So Hugh Freeze and his staff are only going to have one year. One year is plenty plenty of time, though. And, you know, if Wednesday gave you if Wednesday gave you any sort of confidence, it, it should have given you confidence, I should say. You should feel really, really good about where the 2024 recruiting class is. You know, some people in the comment sections are already talking about uh, Kamori Harris out of BB Comer, really, really talented guy um, in the class of 2024 that's a little underrated right now. Jason and I have seen him play. We really like his game. Aaron Noland. How about, about Jam- say, we were talking about Air earlier? Yeah. <laughs> earlier in the show, he might be that dude. How about Jamarian Burnett, uh, the Andalusia running back? How about Amon Lane, the commitment out of Moody um, that Auburn already has? Top two four seven cornerback that's already committed there and is fully locked in with Auburn. So you've got him, uh, Adrian Posse. We're not sure what'll happen there necessarily, but you know, it's Auburn has a really really good chance, in my opinion. You know, it'll depend on numbers and how many they sign next year and how it mixes up with transfers next year i think auburn has a chance to legitimately crack the top 10 next year i don't think that's going out on a limb and saying that like christian said a lot of work to do left in this class even uh, you know a lot of success today hugh freeze's quote today exactly um was you know talking talk specifically about the offensive line he said quote we're not through there but we're not really through anywhere he said we still have some big targets out there that hopefully we can close on now in that second wave when we hit the road in january and when they get back in January, the early visits in January, there are still a lot of targets out there. 
and some needs that we have. Uh, Christian, we went, uh, we went, we went a long way today. Yeah, this and is there, a long one. There was uh, even some stuff that we didn't even get to. We didn't no. even get to Freeze's non-recruiting comments, yeah. like the fact that Phil Montgomery is going to call plays for the special offense, teams. special team situation. I, my only advice: AuburnUndercover.com. Go yeah. check it out. We'll have it within the next, uh, you know, twelve hours. All that stuff will be, all that stuff will be on there. So uh, I know you got the, the comment I, pinned. You want to talk about real quick? Yeah, I'll just answer that question real quick. Uh, I don't believe he's top one hundred on our site. I think he might be on another site. Really, really talented running back, uh, Brandon Hood. Uh, unfortunately, he tore his ACL this year, uh, but I believe he'll be back for fall next year. Certainly, a guy I would expect Auburn to track next year as well. Brandon Hood. Um, keep the Hood legacy running, Christian. I think uh, I think we might go ahead and call it. Yeah, I think we can. Uh, yeah, we've been going for an hour and thirty six minutes now. I think we can <sighs> most certainly call it. Hopefully, well, hopefully, you know, this is. I, I don't know what our schedule is going to look like. Our podcast schedule for the next few days, um, just because I'm heading home um, for the holidays for a couple of days. I know Christian, you, you had some plans for that as well. People will be bouncing all the place. Guests will be not as easily accessible, and so um, you know, hopefully, you guys enjoy this. Hopefully, this is a long show. Yeah, go ahead and nurse this podcast. Listen, use this as like three different podcasts. You can babysit this one. Um, and could I cut it up into multiple? Probably. Am I going to do that? Not a shot because I haven't packed tonight and I'm driving tomorrow. <laughs> so not going to happen. It's just going to get posted. I will put something at the beginning. I'll put like a little, I'll just you know talk over it and say, this is long and go ahead and babysit this over the holidays. But this was one of my favorite shows of the entire year. Might have been my favorite of the whole year. Um, and it was because of the the kids who came on. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, huge shout out to those guys again. Um, For sure. Originally, the plan was to kind of space them out a little bit. Everyone hopped on right as we got Dude, started. Dude, that was awesome. We didn't even start, and there's three guys in the queue. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> but it was, was good. A chaotic at the beginning. I think we got it figured out. Yeah, but no, it was good. Shout out to those guys. Um, guys, like Nathan said, if you're not following AuburnUndercover.com, you need to be. We've already, we had our signing day coverage was top notch over there, if I do say so myself. We had a ton of stuff. It was. We're going to have a ton of stuff over the next couple of days. I'll have signing day superlatives tomorrow. I'll probably do guys that are, you know, can immediately contribute, you know, what we talked about. I'll put it into story form. We'll have a ton of stuff. I've already got probably next week, 24 to know for 24, working on that one for the 2024 class as hey well. Now. So look, recruiting never stops. Uh, once I got home, I saw Auburn offered a 2024, I believe quarterback or uh, maybe uh, they offered a couple of 2024s today as well. So we're going to have coverage. We'll have stories out on Christmas Day. We'll have stuff for you guys over at AuburnUndercover.com. Nathan, I'll let you kind of close us out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're still running the 50% off promo. If you've made it this far, you you clearly like us. Uh, you, you, you clearly enjoy being here for some reason. There are still 214 of you watching right now. Um, this was easily our, our most watched live stream that you and I have, have done since since taking over the podcast. Um, of course, a big part of that was was the guests, of course. Jason and Dukes were, were phenomenal. Um, as well, if you guys enjoy this, enjoy our content, uh, we also do it in written form and on in a message board form. Most of the stuff we talked about, and we kind of referenced it a few times, that we've we've been discussing on our message board and in VIP stories and in other kinds of stuff for weeks now. Um, and that's that's the perks of being a subscriber. Um, it it's a great time to subscribe. We're still running fifty percent off. When does Top Gun Maverick come out? Because I believe it comes have, out today. I believe it come, y'all, I said I believe twice in the same sentence. But <laughs> I, you really believe in Top Gun? I I, I still haven't watched it yet. So I no, actually same. am gonna I'm gonna take it. I did watch Avatar two the other day. It slapped. It was really good. Um, <laughs> but I, I say all this to say our current promo, y'all. This is I mean it's the first time I've seen twenty four seven do it. Of course, we're partnered with CBS and, and Paramount. 
If you subscribe, I put the link in the comments. It's on YouTube and it's on the Facebook comments. Go check that link. It's 50% off right now. You get free Paramount Plus. Full stop. Just free. So, if you, I mean, if you wanted to go watch Top... I think, I think Yellowstone is on there as well. And Yellowstone. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on on, on Paramount, but the big push right now is uh, is is Top Gun, of course. Yeah. And I think Nope is coming on Paramount Plus soon, I, th- I think. If you haven't seen Nope, it's really good. Um, but yeah, so go check that out, guys. I say all this to say uh, we're still running a promo, running it through January 2nd. And if you've hung out with this this long... 195 people right now watching i lost some people by by plugging <laughs> by i lost some people by being a sellout but i'm going to continue doing it uh it's the number one thing that helps us out um on our site you, you can become a member you can join the message board uh obviously get access to all of our stuff we've got great vip content um i think we have the best content in the market and then also you get to just chill on the message board anytime you have a question shoot at me in christian's way and everyone else on the on the staff and uh and we'll answer it that day on the on the message board and so Go give us a go give us a look with that link again, fifty percent off. So I'm gonna call it right there. We're at an hour and forty minutes, easily the longest show I've ever done. But this was a lot of fun and a, a good a good cap to a really good signing day for Robert. So appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, if you guys are listening to us on your podcast feed, of course we're doing a live show right now, but but we are you are listening on your podcast feed. Go leave us a review. Um, if you're not gonna leave us a review after this one, you're probably never going to because <laughs> went a long way. This is a lot of effort, and uh, I thought it was really good. So go leave us a five star review, guys. If you if you enjoyed it, that's the number one thing that helps us out. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel if you are not already. Just go look it up, Auburn Undercover, Auburn Two Four Seven on YouTube. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him. Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next episode, which might be after the holidays, um, everybody have a have a happy holidays, safe travel, Merry Christmas, Christian. Have a Merry Christmas. I'll talk to you soon.